Hey there, and welcome to episode 83 of the Food Biz Wiz podcast. I am really excited for today's show with Jordan Buckner, the founder of foodbevy.com. So it's likely that many of my listeners are already familiar with Jordan and his work, or perhaps you've seen us collaborate on something in the past. But for those who don't know him, he's the founder of foodbevy.com. More about that in just a second. And the co-founder of T-Squares, which is a line of superfood energy bars designed to help people stay focused and alert so they can achieve their passions. Jordan is also a Forbes 30 under 30 recipient and is an advocate for equity and inclusion in our natural products industry. So we've got a great episode lined up for you guys today where we're going to chat about launching and growing CPG brands and resources for BIPOC and women CPG founders. Stay tuned. You're listening to Food Biz Wiz the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Ali Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. Hey, before we jump in, I want to make sure that you've grabbed my free retail roadmap, a workbook that outlines my nine steps to building a brand that flies off the shelf. If you're a producer of a packaged product in the food industry, you are going to want this. I'll add it to today's show notes, so make sure you check out that PDF when you're done listening. Thanks. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you. So excited to talk with you today. Me too. Okay. So my whizzes, like I said, in the intro, we have a really good episode for you. And I think, I think we should just dive right in because Jordan, I think we've got a lot to talk about. You know, when you and I get together, you know, via zoom, our conversations can go on and on. So let me just say, Jordan, I am honored that you gave me your time today and I'm excited to finally record a podcast with you. So let's let's take it from the top. Give us the background on T-Squares and why starting that CPG brand led you to start Food Bevy. Completely. And I totally agree. We could probably talk for hours and hours. <laughs> uh, my story really starts with um, understanding, you know, who I am in the world and what my personal mission is, because that really gives a good sense of why I do the things that I do. And looking back, I realized I'm at my best when I can create products or services that can help make people's lives better, while at the same time being able to give back and help others along the way. And so about five years ago, I launched T-Squares, which is a line of superfood energy bars. And really the idea was that you know, people are eating protein bars throughout the day, which are great for physical energy, but most of the people eating them are actually sitting behind the desk and aren't <laughs> at the gym. And so yep, what they're really looking for is mental energy. And, you know, mm-hmm. coffee is great, but after your second cup of coffee, you're probably done for that for the day. And so yep. we designed T-squares with a blend of things like organic tea, adaptogens, uh, great ingredients that help you stay focused and alert for uh, and throughout the day as you were kind of working on your goals, your dreams, and your passions. And so you know, did, oh, go ahead. yeah, can I ask, I'm going to interrupt you right here. So Jordan, did you just, did you create this product for yourself? 
I did. I, I yeah. <laughs> came up with the product because, right, like I'm always doing a million things, but it was actually, I was working in a job outside of, or right after my MBA program. And as part of that, I was working crazy hours, drinking tons of coffee, Red Bull, energy drinks. Mm. And at one point, my body just completely like crashed. I woke up oh. one night just with sweats, horrible migraines. And what happened was the kind of overdose on the caffeine really got to my body. Plus the acidity of the coffee gave me terrible stomach pains. And so that led me to this search for um, better, healthier ingredients that could help me still stay focused and alert throughout the day, but be better off for my body. Yeah. So you launched T-Squares and I, we haven't talked about this before, but like you didn't have a background in the food industry, right? You were just like a young, a young man being like, I'm going to, this would be cool. I'm going to launch a food business, right? Even better. So I had like two architecture degrees. So I thought I was going to be an architect (laughs) for most of my life. Um, The, I, I did have some connection and my mom's a chef. And so I grew up always cooking and baking and helping her along the way. Uh, but had no experience actually running a CPG company at all. Yeah. Okay. So you, you dove in and what happened? So things were moving pretty well. You know, I, one thing I realized is that in launching a product and having no idea where to start, my best friend was Google. Um, at the time, <laughs> five years ago, there, there were some resources that were out there that were really great. I was able to get connected through um, like Family Farm here in Chicago, which is a great, mm-hmm. has a great incubator for helping um, early stage companies get started. But right, like they only take in 10 to 15 companies a year. Yeah. So there's a small yeah. cohort that can actually go through it. And so I was lucky enough to kind of be kind of daring and reaching out to people and put together um, advisors and resources and mentors in the space. But, you know, it was like pulling teeth every step of the way and finding the right connection. And it was so hard to learn everything that you need to do from creating the right packaging to creating um, the product itself, making sure your nutritional labels fit, understanding how to reach customers, building a product in grocery there's a lot there. And <laughs> there's so the much way, there. There's so much there. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And every step of the way. Hand, yeah. <laughs> every step yeah. of the way, like there's something new that I learned. And I realized, you know, even three, four years into it, I was still learning things that I had no idea about. Yeah. Yeah. I looking forward to like, <laughs> right? Like oh, you see this. Yeah. I'm exhausted just like listening to your list. I, <laughs> I respect you so much for, for, for launching a CPG brand. I mean, I I think we've commiserated over this, but I'm like my clients who, who do this and like do it fully, like it is, it can be a slog. I will tell you like one thing that we found worked really well and kind of goes towards our position is T-Sports had a high educational threshold. So we couldn't just stick it on the Mm -hmm. grocery store shelf and expect people to pick it up and buy it. And we actually found that selling to corporate offices was a really great strategy because it allowed us to get as close to the pain point as possible. I mean, like where people needed that energy level. And by having our products there, you know, we were selling in places like LinkedIn's office so that employees could go on their break, grab a T-square and eat that and immediately kind of get the value prop that we had. So yes. our business pivoted towards that for um, towards the last couple of years of our business. And it was going great obviously until COVID hit and everything kind of collapsed from there. Yeah. We saw that a lot with our retail ready producers who were focused on food service um, or like those corporate accounts. It, 
that those are the people who really, really felt the pain in 2020 because, you know, like you, Jordan, like your accounts just essentially dried up overnight, right? I imagine it was like a couple of days and it was like, poof, there goes your reorders. Yeah, I'll tell you, we had a slew of new accounts that we were getting ready to open up and actually had um, like sampling and selling events where we were going out to the Bay Area. And, you know, it started with like, oh, maybe this will get pushed back a week and then another week. And then things started getting canceled left and right. And then all of a sudden the events got canceled and then the offices started closing down. And as everything got worse, it was very obvious that things weren't going to come back anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. So before we talk about Food Bevy, because I think that, you know, this is all leading up to your launch of Food Bevy, where is T-Squares now, you know, a year after COVID hit, like what's, what's up with the business now? Yeah. So in looking at kind of the product and how we designed it for the market, we really tweaked it to specifically grow really well in corporate offices. And so with that channel closing and not a good opportunity for that to come back, we ended up suspending our operations for now as we kind of look to identify new opportunities to potentially relaunch um, into the future. And, you know, for us, we were actually cash flow positive towards, you know, right before COVID, which is great. So we didn't have a ton of money in the bank to, to pivot towards. Um, so in a way, it would have been a little bit like starting over if we had raised another round of investment and really pushed yeah. another channel. And so made the decision to slow things down, kind of go into a hibernation state as we look to our next opportunity. Yeah. And that's, you know, I I can't remember your exact launch date of Food Bevy, but I feel like you were around before COVID. And in this past year, you've really become visible and clearly have, have had more time to devote to, to that project. So let's talk about what is what is Food Bevy for people who have never heard of it. Food Bevy is an online platform that's really designed to help early stage food and beverage companies grow from startup to scale by gaining access to resources, tools, and connections to make that process of starting the a business a little bit easier. Yes. Okay. I love this. And I can see why, again, you started a product where you were the, uh, the ideal target audience, right? It's like what you wish you had when you were starting T-Squares. That's exactly right. And, you know, along the way of running T-Squares, I would meet other founders and we commiserate on all the difficulties. <laughs> but at the same time, right, we would like help each other. And there's this, yeah. you know, while we were, the, the best thing I love about the food industry so often is natural products is that a, there's a very positive environment and very cooperative environment. And so I would share, say, for instance, buyer contacts or uh, marketing contacts with other founders and yep. actually put together a small series of um, founder sessions of about three years ago now, where we would get together, talk about different topics of our business and see how we could work together. But along the yeah. way, right, like business got in the way and we got pulled off in our different directions. And so with T-Squares starting to slow down, I really saw an opportunity to get back involved and launch a, a proper organization designed towards pulling founders together, creating a sense of community and being able to help you know companies partner together and, and grow their business. Yes. Okay. And so I think, I think based off the, you know, your support of community and your focus on, on really creating this 
on celebrating this idea of collaboration instead of competition, I think it's appropriate for me to just address the you know, the the question that might be on my listeners' minds, which is, okay, like, Allie, why the heck are you having Jordan on your podcast when Food Bevy and Retail Ready could potentially be seen as competition, right? Can we talk briefly about, like, why you and I feel at ease promoting each other's offerings when from the outside, a brand might feel like they have to choose between Food Bevy and Retail Ready? Yeah, completely. I think there's any number of reasons, but at the end of the day, it comes back to, you know, the people, at least like me, and I know you as well, we genuinely want other founders to be as successful as possible. And along their journey, they're going to work with dozens or hundreds of people. And so it's not like they have to choose just one and be done with it. right? And so we're able to, if we can help founders in different or even the same ways by kind of leveraging what we have to offer, you know, it makes them more successful. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And Jordan, I I appreciate that you said, um, or like clarified, you can't, or it's rare that a founder will work with one service provider and get all of their problems solved. I'd actually argue that if your potential consultant or service provider says they can solve all of your business problems, they are lying to you. That's just not possible, right? It just, it takes a village to make these food and beverage founders succeed. So yeah, Jordan, I, I, hear you on that. And I, I think like, you know, we have, we have people who are in retail ready, who also are subscribers of, of food bevy. You know, there's, there's so much complimentary information that we offer where people can really take our, both of our offerings and layer them to become a really, really strong, strong, successful brand. So um, yeah, collaboration, I'm all for it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I've actually found that with, it's not just us. I don't think we're just the unicorns. There's there's so (laughs) many other organizations that I partner with, right? In fact, like I'm doing other collaborations with other groups as well. And it's, it's all great. And I talk to founders and they're like, this is, this is amazing. So it's it's great. I'm happy that you're open to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I, I think, one of the things that I realized in my own business, you know, knowing that my business model is is very different than a, you know, physical packaged product producer, is that at each stage of my business growth, I had to invest in something else, in some other form of learning. And, you know, I I guess I naively thought at some point I would have like solved all the problems in my business or like figured out all of the solutions in my business. I mean, young Allie thought this, thought there would be this like magical step that I would get to where it was just like humming along. And I'll tell you, Jordan, like every single year I invest, I mean, I'll just say like literally like tens of thousands of dollars in training to help me and my team get to that next level and solve that, that next level of problems. You know, I say problems, but you know, like sticking points in our business. And I imagine you saw that with T-squares as well, right? Allie, that's so true. And you know, if you talk to any founder, everyone tells you the journey is like a roller coaster because every day has its ups and downs and they just keep getting yeah. bigger and bigger. And I warn other founders at the start of their journeys, I say, you know, the problems never stop. In fact, as no. you get larger, the problems get bigger. You just become yeah. better at navigating the daily challenges and hopefully getting better and better at solving those. 
Oh, totally. And I think one of it too is, is that founder's resilience and ability to identify the problems in their business and realize that it is their responsibility to solve those problems. Like you can look around and nobody else is sitting next to you taking responsibilities, uh, responsibility for solving those problems. So um, I like to think that Retail Ready solves a very particular problem in in a brand's timeline of many problems that they will encounter in their business. And I think Food Bevy does the same thing. Yep, it does exactly you know, right. similar, similar thing. Okay. Whew. We're already talking about some great stuff here. I I love this, Jordan. So Jordan, before we really get into a little bit more depth in our conversation about, you know, some of the challenges that you've had as a founder and really thinking about how Food Bevy and you personally support BIPOC founders and, and women founders, I'm going to have us pause for a quick break and we will be right back. Hang tight. Instead of having a sponsor for today's episode, I want to give you a freebie, my retail roadmap. This roadmap is essential for anyone launching or growing a packaged food product, as it clearly outlines the difference between creating a product line that flies off the retail shelf versus one that just sits there. Find my free retail roadmap linked in today's show notes. You are going to love it. Okay, Jordan, we are back and I want to I want to shift focus here a little bit and talk about some of these these barriers that you found as you as you grew T-squares as you, you know, work with producers in inside of Food Bevy. Like let's talk about some not to like go all downhill here, but let's talk about some of these barriers for founders, particularly through the lens of BIPOC founders or women CPG founders. Um, Talk to me about your experience there. Yeah, completely. I think it's fair to say that everyone who starts a business expects it to be hard. But after getting into it, you kind of have a moment, you sit back and like, did it really have to be this damn hard to like really start and grow a business? Yeah. And right. That's something that every founder goes through. At the same time, you know, as a Black founder myself and in talking with other entrepreneurs along the way, different founders face different challenges um, in addition to the, the base set. And a lot of times it's based on, unfortunately, their race or gender. Yeah. And what that looks like in our industry, thankfully, is not overt racism or gender bias, but there's a lot of inadvertent or unconscious bias. And this is something that I have now a big fight to pick with the term unconscious bias, because everything that we've experienced over the last year and our country around bringing light on racial and social injustice, everyone should really take the time to think about what biases you hold, right? And everyone has biases. I have biases. You do. Um, What those biases are and how you can change and address those. And just to bring out light, a couple examples, I was talking to a founder, he was a black female, and she was at a banquet designed to help connect early stage entrepreneurs with potential investors or partners. Mm-hmm. And she was sitting at a table with about eight individuals. Um, most of them were older and most were white. And after she told her story, one of the people listening in said, you know, wow, you are so well-spoken. <laughs> as if to say oh. that they did not expect for her to be a coherent speaker. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm laughing not because it's hilarious, but because it's 
freaking ridiculous. Yeah. It is. And right, it's like this this isn't a charity ball, like this is someone who has a legitimate business. Yeah. Another example, um, a founder that I know, she ends up having to well, she realized that when she went to pitch investors, they would always ask her a ton of questions and not really give her the benefit of the doubt. And actually mm -hmm. um occasion they mentioned, hey, how about you pivot your product to sell to moms? you know, because mm -hmm. you're a mom and your product can only, you can only make a product that relates to other moms, apparently. You're very one-sided. And she ended up having to start bringing along uh, a guy on her team who was not the CEO, just <laughs> to have those conversations. And guess what? She ended up getting investment after that. Yeah. And uh, it's a very unfortunate reality. I, I hate hearing these. Yeah. I hate hearing these stories, but like I, I hear them all the time, right? Like we had, Jordan, I think I shared this with you um, on the Food Bevy webinar that we did, but I, I had a Retail Ready student ask me months ago, this was over summer of 2020, and they were like, Allie, how do I know if a buyer is saying no to my product line because they it's not the right product fit for their store or because they don't want to purchase from a black woman? And it, I mean, it stopped me in my tracks, Jordan. I was like, well, shit, like one, I don't know, right? Like I don't have a succinct answer there. Like I, I need to think about that question. And two, like how privileged am I that I never even thought about that? That's that's so true. And I remember one of the brands listening into that conversation, she actually mentioned that if, if relevant, she will mention that she's a black founder to the conversation with the buyer because she wants to work with someone that does not see that as a negative. And we'll yeah. potentially use it against her in the future. So I think totally, that's big. totally. And we even say that, you know, in there's a couple different strategies that that we use around um, BIPOC and female founders and um, LGBTQ founders and like all of that. I'm like, if that is you, if you identify in, you know, any of those categories and it is something that is um a part of your brand story or a part of your, your product story. Like we want to shout that from the rooftop. So it's literally including it in your subject line as you're pitching to these new accounts. It's adding a picture of you and your signature. It's adding, you know, a picture of you on your sell sheet. It's like calling that out in your Instagram bio. Like there's, it almost becomes, I mean, not to reduce it to this, but, but Jordan, it almost becomes a marketing play where you're like, this is who I am and I'm proud of it. And I want to work with the people who also want to celebrate that, right? I think that's exactly right. And just consumers are looking to support, you know, the, the word authentic is kind of thrown around a lot, but they're looking yeah. to get to know like the real person, the real people behind the product or a brand. And it helps for them to relate to that better. And yeah. so I think, you know, this is something that's really big in terms of like these big issues that happen in brands. One area as well, though, that happens to a lot of founders is what I call the resource and the network gap for entrepreneurs. And Tell really me about that, that is, yeah. that is the fact that, so for instance, as a, if you come from a family that historically does not have, you know, a rich uncle or wealthy family members, <laughs> it's going to be much harder for you to raise investment or network with investors because mm -hmm. they're just not in your family circle or your situation. Yeah. And right. so you don't have that same network that other founders might. So even though, you know, you might not be wealthy if you have a family member or a cousin who is, they can introduce you to, to the right people. And right. It's literally person, like who, who your friends and family are in the first place. Right. 
Exactly. You know, there's that term of like your first round of investment as part of your friends and family round. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I a lot of people don't have very rich family members right. that can loan them fifty thousand dollars, a hundred. Oh God, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, are you saying that you that like do you see that more often with BIPOC or women CPG brands where they're like simply not networking in the same circles? I do. I think that. Yeah. For BIPOC and women founders, and especially I'll talk about some of the, the BIPOC ones where um, there's a lot of statistics out now about how the average wealth of Black families is much less than, uh, and you know also Latinx families as well as much less than the average white family in America. And yep. a lot of that has to do from the remnants of, of systematic racism. But because of that, Black founders are less likely to have um, access to that generational wealth that's then used to build upon to make future businesses. I think that's really key. And I think for a lot of um, women, there's, you know, lots of issues there. I know my wife is a a working mom and has been working throughout the pandemic and doing a freaking amazing job. Um, (laughs) But there's a lot of um, women who encounter like they might have to you know, their own situation have to like leave the workforce for a little while yeah. as they're caring for their kid, which is great. Um, they also often find it hard to get back in or they lose yeah. out on some of that key time of, you know, professional relationship building um, that is hard to get back from if they don't have those connections otherwise. And so kind of pulling that together, like I, I noticed those gaps and I've been working independently before this to help make introductions and do one-on-one kind of advising for companies, but saw this bigger issue. And that's really why I created Food Bevy is to provide those resources and network opportunities for founders who are getting started so that you don't have to rely on Google or knowing the right person to be successful. And I really designed the platform to be open and accessible to almost everyone. Yeah, let's talk about some of the the details there. Like, um, can you give me some examples on how Food Bevy does provide increased access and opportunities? Yeah. So one of the things I built first was our directory of industry providers. And so mm-hmm. when you're looking for a contract manufacturer or investor, a lot of times you might go to Google, but they're going to be limited on what you find as results. And so we have a directory of over 2,500 um, partners, including retail buyers, investors, media and PR contacts, contract manufacturers, distributors, basically anyone that you need to um, network with or find in order to grow your business as a partner, we have a list there so that you can go and do your research, identify who might be a good partner, reach out to them, and potentially form a partnership. Yes. Can I ask, that, I, can I ask a clarifying yes. question on that? And I'm going to put you on the spot here. So the answer, yeah. it's okay if the answer is no. Um, but one of the things that, that we did over the past year, so I hired a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant to, to really help us look at um, our business internally and externally and like what we are doing to um, contribute positively or negatively to, you know, this, these issues in our, our food industry. And one of the things that we did was we started vetting the service providers that we hired for our business, the service hires, excuse me, the service providers that we recommended, whether that's like a packaging source or resource or, um, 
um, graphic designer or a Facebook ads agency and like really, really like putting it through this lens of, of do we want to throw money at these other businesses if they aren't aligned with our values? Um, have you, have you done anything, you know, and again, this is where I'm putting you on the spot here, Jordan, but like, have you seen, have you done anything around that? Or like, do you, do you think that there would be a way to incorporate that with that resource list? Um, so they're aligned partnerships. Yeah. I love that idea. We're doing some of that, not as much as I would like right now. I'm trying to figure out the best way to integrate that in. But for instance, um, for partners, I am actively for for BIPOC and women-owned businesses on the partner side as well to include on their platform. And then there's an area where they can actually list if they fall into one of those categories or not. And it's optional. So if they don't want to put that forward, they don't have to. But then that way I can make sure and do reporting as well to determine how many of those partners fit into um, those underrepresented groups. And then also for the founders that we bring in, if you're any, um, if you're a food and beverage founder, you can add your profile to the directory for free so that other awesome. kind of partners and investors and media contacts can come onto our directory and search for your company. And one thing that I'm doing is actively reaching out to brands on LinkedIn, on Instagram and founders there um, who are BIPOC and women-owned companies to encourage them to sign up for our list since it's free and helps get some exposure. And in that way, yeah. you know, they can also get access to some of our resources if they're interested as well. Yeah. And I think, I think that's so, that's so great. And, you know, one of the, one of the good trends that have come out of 2020 is, you know, some retailers, not all, but some retailers have seen this focus on, or the need to focus on BIPOC and female founders and, and, um, they are looking for those curated lists, Jordan, right? They're like, I want to, you know, whether they're signing the 15% pledge or, you know, they just have an internal initiative to, you know, maybe do an end cap with black and BIPOC founders, you know, they, they need those lists, right? (laughs) They need to know where to go. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that, you know, one thing that I'm really focused on is there's lots of, of BIPOC and women-owned brands who are like doing phenomenally already. And I'm looking to really um, amplify their voices so that they get more of these opportunities. Mm -hmm. And then there are some other brands who are just getting started. Like I mentioned, they don't have the same access to um, the resources and networks. And I'm working with them to um, provide those opportunities through uh, through Food Bevy to be able to help them grow their business. And so like as an example, there's a really great... Um, granola company out of Cleveland called Pat's Granola. And she came to Food Bevy and I was able to get her a $3,000 photo shoot for her brand so she could get uh, professional photos of her products done by one of our partners, right? So it's like real money that I'm saving her, a thousand bucks, that she's been able to use that to get great photos for her products. Well, and those great photos are going to allow her to produce a beautiful sell sheet and a great website that converts. And, you know, the the value of that $1,000 expands far beyond just that, you know, that monetary value or that like, you know, check for a thousand bucks. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, Jordan. Um, Any other like really fun examples of successful, successful brands or ways that you've helped brands be successful? Yeah, I think um, we also have our community group where founders are able to collaborate. So I know there's a lot of um, collaboration 
aspirations that are going on with founders who are just getting into the industry. And so they're doing like giveaway campaigns on Instagram, which are really great. Um, a lot of them have formed um, new partnerships with like branding and packaging companies. So like mm-hmm. one of our sponsors does um, a great branding and design. And so we were actually able to get them a 10% off discount on their packaging design. And so one, they have like a really great design that they're able to use that, as you mentioned, like will sell their product on the shelf yeah. on its own and yeah. online. But at the same time, they were able to save money in doing that as well. So it was yeah. kind of a win on both sides. That's very cool. I love it. I I really I love how you've used your producer perspective to to fill the gap in in the marketplace and and really provide these these resources that you wish you had when you were starting T squares. Um, yeah, that's just, exactly right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's so smart. So before I let you go, I've got a couple a couple last questions for you, Jordan. Tell me tell me a little bit about the structure of Food Bevy and like what um, what joining Food Bevy looks like. Completely. So we are a membership based organization. So if you come on as brands, you pay for an annual membership. I make it affordable; it's just three hundred sixty dollars for the year, and that gets you access to all of our courses and over three thousand dollars in discounts. And then for anyone who's a industry partner, think as a agency, a consultant, a co-manufacturer, a buyer, if you want to join our network as well, come on as a partner. And there's lots of great options for you to join our directory there. And for every brand, if you're listing or not sure what all the values are, you can hop on to foodbevy.com and see all the benefits there. At the very least, sign up for our free brand listing on our directory so you can be found. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Jordan, I am being so sincere when I say that I, I really, really value you. And I'm so glad that we, I'm so glad that we connected. Um, I guess I'll say, I'm sad that we didn't connect five years ago when you were just launching T-squares. I feel like I I could have, uh, helped you with some of those pain points, but I'm, I'm on the other hand, I'm glad that you, learned all that you did and like, you know, I don't want to say struggled through every step of the way, but really like self, um, self-educated so that now you're able to, to have food bevy and really use your experience to create an offer that is, is really legit. So, um, Jordan, thank you. And and I'll say, (laughs) Ali, like I'm a huge fan of yours. I actually just came across something the other day, which was like an infographic on, uh, that you designed, like two years ago, I'm like meeting with a retail buyer. I like oh my just gosh. Pulled up. It's from like, actually it's from August of 2018 that I like found it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is genius. <laughs> and like shame on me for not like reaching out and jumping in because I think our business would have uh, been a lot better off having I worked with you <laughs> earlier, but I have been like a, a huge fan of yours. And so thank you for, for, for chatting with me and so happy we got a chance to collaborate. I'm like, looking forward to like all the things that we can do and partner together into the future. I know. I feel like we're just scratching the surface here and it makes me so excited. So Jordan, like I I said, you know, for my listeners, I'm going to link all of these in the show notes. We'll make sure that they, they know exactly where to find you and where to, you know, get the resources that we talked about today. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I can't wait until we get to do a follow-up episode. Thank you. Looking forward to it. 
Okay. And thank you guys for listening in today, my whizzes. I obviously love any opportunity to chat with Jordan. And I'm, like I said, so grateful for the work that he does in this space. I love the way he advocates for BIPOC and, you know, women founders, and he truly lives by his desire for collaboration over competition, as you heard, you know, around our conversation around Retail Ready and and Food Bevy. So I hope that you will join me in celebrating that concept as well. I'm going to ask in the spirit of collaboration, Jordan and I would love if you snapped a selfie or a screenshot as you listen to this episode, posted it in your Instagram stories and tag both Food Bevy and tag me at It's Allie Ball. So I would love to shout you out right back in my stories. I'd love to give you a follow and I would love to thank you for listening. So as I mentioned, find our IG handles directly in the show notes, find all the links that Jordan and I talked about today, find information on Food Bevy and the invite to join our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. So click on through. All right. That is a wrap on today's show. I will see you right back here next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for tagging and have a good one. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.